0: I'm Hannah Young, Deputy Consul General at the British Consulate in New York. And welcome to our podcast, Brits in the Big Apple, exploring the cultural connections between the UK and New York. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Connor Jordan. Connor is Deputy Chairman of the Impressionist and Modern Art Department at Christie's. Connor, welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Hannah. Nice to be here.
0: Connor, to to kick off, please could you give an audience a brief our audience a brief overview of your career journey so far and in particular are there any pivot moments that led you to where you are today
1: um yes I suppose there are I I think well I studied history at um at Birmingham many too many moons ago and whilst I was studying history which I was fascinated by I sort of tripped into um art history and found I really enjoyed it and had an inspiring tutor and and that of course helped um so the, the sort of the spark was uh, lit at that stage um in terms of art and history in, in my mind um but I didn't really know what to do with it I didn't want to be an academic I knew that much I was a terribly lazy student so so um uh, I sort of moved around jobs in my early 20s um got to London which was my main ambition and I was of so happy just being there being paid a pittance working at the Royal Courts of Justice and whilst I was working there um and it was a very Dickensian sort of environment I um I was working for a for a judge there who who sort of knew my interest in art and sort of thought I shouldn't be doing what I was doing and said that he knew someone at Christie's and had I ever thought about an auction house and it, it's something that had never really crossed my mind but but um it sounded interesting. So I went along and I signed up as an intern and I made coffee and tea and opened envelopes and photocopied things. And that was 25 years ago. So I, I just stuck around. Um and I, I think I straight away I was I was smitten by its combination of of um of of the high. You're looking at art, not all of it wonderful, of course, but you're looking at a lot of art. Um but also, it had it had zip to it. There was a real sort of commercial, um, was a commercial pace to to what happened. And I'd done a little bit of volunteer work in, in the museum sector, which I found not quite as pacey as that. And and so, so yeah, so I enjoyed that that um, yeah the combination of commerce and 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 the art. And and then I I, w- I was in London for ten years in St James's, and then um, then I moved to New York. Uh, it's almost exactly fifteen years ago in two thousand six
0: fantastic and And just picking up on your final comment, tell us a bit more about why you moved to New York. Was it a subconscious element or or was it part of a calculated move on your part? um,
1: um neither it was it was pure chance really it was um it was that the two two people in my field in my department in New York, both Brits actually and one of whom's gone back, one of whom stayed um, they left the company and so so um, a post needed filling and, and, um, and I was asked if I fancied it. And I, I'd always sort of in the back of my mind thought it would be a, a wonderful, exciting thing to do, but, but I hadn't really planned on it. But when the, the chance came knocking, um, yeah, I, 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 I got on the plane.
0: That's fantastic. And, and why have you stayed? Tell us a bit more about what you enjoy about New York and why you've made it your home.
1: Well, I think um, professionally there was always the sense that that the art world had that it was centered in New York, um, and that certainly had been the feeling in in my field, which is you know, everything from Monet through to Picasso. Um, the artists who who traditionally fetched some of the biggest prices at auction and most of the best examples tended to come up at sale in in New York, and because of the collecting history here and and the states, of course, it, being rich throughout the 20th century and was was what became the, the sort of the main center of of private collecting um in that area in my area uh, so it meant there was yeah, there's more exciting material to deal with and and, the fe- and there were more buyers here than than i mean um there are a lot of buyers in europe too a lot of collectors in europe but but they're concentrated on the upper east side of new york is an extraordinary density of, of sophisticated collectors of, of of art of all stripes um so that was alluring and every time i come to sales as a as a as a when I was based in London it always seems just so much more clamorous and exciting in New York than than in London and um, having said all that I think London London the, the the art market has shifted a lot in in the 15 years I've been here and London's prominence has really risen with partly to do with the, the change in the the makeup of London I think and 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 also something to do with the the art market becoming a bit more um, flattened a bit more global, when Hong Kong has risen too. So, so in any case, but all the the allure of New York does still apply because it is still here that mostly we have the, the biggest objects for sale and the most exciting um, uh, collections. Um, and then, personally speaking, I I I, um, I, I still maintain I love London, uh, but I New York to really me is the, the ultimate. 20th century city um, perhaps the 21st century city too but certainly that the modern city in excelsis it's just the thrill of the place the um the old um well-worn cliche about the energy of the streets but it really does apply that the the pavements are are, um, are the bustle the 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 fact that you feel that you're at the center of things here the, the um the physical geography of it i find exciting too i always um uh, I, I like the fact you're crossing over water, and it and it and it can look so exciting in different ways, and it changes the silhouette of the, the city, changes all sorts wherever you are. And um, and and I uh, culturally aside from my job, the the um, I I like music and theatre and dance and 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 um, I don't think there's anywhere like New York for. I mean, London's wonderful for all those things too, but but um, New York is is yeah, you know, it is really fantastic. Um, so all that it was um, yeah, very exciting, and then just aside the of getting to know another culture, and um, really uh, because there are huge differences, of course, between between Blythe and here, and and and, um, uh, and and within the city. I mean, I, again, London has changed hugely in my fifteen years away, but the, the multicultural aspect of of, of um, New York. Uh, you just take the subway out to Queens and and and, and see all the different different communities that are represented just just you know along the Seven train um, is amazing and I just I just don't I don't feel like, or at least I didn't know it didn't know that aspect of London terribly well um, and exploring too it's all it's all novel you know? I, I, my job one lovely part of my job is I get to try I travel a lot normally to see nice things in in nice places and and um, um, Seeing the country, discovering the country, um, uh, its differences, some of its homogeneity as well, of course, um, uh, is 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 great fun. Um, and then, on top of all of which, I've I married an American girl, and so I think I'm sort of <laughs> I'm staying put for the for the for the time being.
0: Sounds like you're very much settled here. Yes. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Brits in the Big Apple. And today we're joined by Connor Jordan, Deputy Chairman of the Impressionist and Modern Art Department at Christie's. Connie, you talked about the importance of multiculturalism here. And last year, Black Lives Matter was such a seminal moment for us all in the US. Can you talk a little bit more about how race and multiculturalism features in the work of Christie's?
1: Well, I think... um let's say it's 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 um it's a challenge i think we face i, I uh christie's is certainly self-admittedly not the most um, um racially diverse of of workplaces um and i think there's a very strong focus from from senior management all the way down in trying to address that issue and and um um various workshops and committees and 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 get togethers are happening to to try and yeah to try and change that because we certainly don't reflect um life outside uh our precincts very very clearly um i think it generally speaking the collecting community is not isn't isn't as um it might be sort of geographically diverse but but not necessarily hugely racially diverse um uh and I don't know what that, I, I, I don't quite know the statistics to behind um, people studying art history at college these days, but I, I mean, we all know that college in America is a very, can be a very <laughs> forbiddingly expensive um, process. And that obviously has a, can exclude, um, um, economically speaking, can exclude people. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's, it's not, an, I mean, I don't think the art world Alone in, in in facing this challenge, but but yes, we 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 feel it, and I think um, I think actually interesting it is it, it's it's sincerely felt here in New York, but I think there is a feeling as well in London and and um, uh, and and elsewhere, Christie's locations across the world, that that um, we have you know, we have we have something to address.
0: I agree and I think it's it's something as you say that we're all very conscious of and we're all working towards creating more diverse and um, inclusive environments in our workplaces and I guess particularly in the art world making art accessible to all different um to people of different backgrounds um, is really important.
1: Yes exactly and we 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 try obviously well we've been living in strange circumstances the past 12 months but um we're always very keen to stress that 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 our pre-sale exhibitions are open to everyone and, and they're not um we know how forbidding our doors can seem and and um and people are nervous of coming in and we try to encourage as much as we can people to come in and, and see see what we have to offer and and, and they're occasionally a couple of years ago, when we sold um, the picture, well, the, the, the collection of David Rockefeller, um, because of the name and 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 the fact there was a lot of press, it meant that our rooms were jam packed and um, with people coming, in, a, a much broader um, group of a much broader, broader audience than we would normally um, enjoy. But it was I mean, it was lovely to have the room so bustling and and um, um, excitable, um, and that's what we like that because it it it. it we like a buzz around what we're selling. Um, so yes, I mean, from that, from those small steps through to you know, more significant steps in hiring and, and, and um, advancement, um, we're, we're keeping our eye on the ball too.
0: It's great to hear um, that there are those opportunities available to come, and, uh, to come and look at your amazing collections. I just wanted to pick up on uh, COVID, which has obviously been a feature of all of our lives for the past year. And to get a sense from you of the impact that COVID has had on the art collecting community, have you found that it's made people less happy, less comfortable buying art or actually is the reverse true? People are more keen to invest now and appreciate um, the beautiful art around them
1: it had it had an extraordinary effect on on the art market um a year ago we really in common with everyone else in our industry didn't know what was about to land upon our heads um uh i think a lot of people thought that we might be going into the the frozen tundra of the early 1990s when the art market really ground to a halt um instead of which i mean i think i think all of us were slightly um at a loss for the first few weeks about how we would progress. And and quickly we started to sort of adapt and scale up the the online capabilities that we had been using. We had been selling lower value works of art, things that just a a few thousand dollars um, online. And so we didn't have pre-sale exhibitions. Everything was you you bid online and you transacted online. Um, So we we rolled that out for more expensive objects. over the first three or four months and then in, in july last year we held a sale that that was um that spanned uh, hong kong serum london paris and and new york and uh, we held a pre-sale exhibition but a very restricted one because of local laws applying in each of those locations meant that you could get very few people in um, and all of a sudden we were and, and this is when we were selling objects at a you know, much at the more expensive end of the spectrum and Um, I think we we worked out that fewer than half of the eventual bidders or buyers actually saw the objects in the flesh, um, but the sale itself was a a success. It it sold very well at at, multi-million dollar levels. And we continued that in in the fall and in December, right the way through to, in fact, this earlier um, this week, we just had sales again in London, um, all of which have have really performed way beyond our expectations. Um, so first, this idea that people can spend a lot of money without seeing an object in the in the flesh is is extraordinary. We for years had always maintained that that would never happen, um, and then and then the the idea that people are there still is an appetite to to buy objects across all sorts of ranges. I think is um, well, we're very pleased that is there. I think I think one contributory factor may be that that that. Um, over recent years, the, the art fairs, the rise of the art fair, had become a very important thing. And so, these the, the art world caravan would move from city to city as the year rolled by. So, moving from New York to Basel in Switzerland, and then on to to London for Frieze, and then Hong Kong, and um, well, all of that now, of course, has, has stopped for the moment. Art fairs aren't happening, so so there is a lot less for 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 people to buy. There's a lot less for people to look at to get distracted by. Um, and in a certain way, the auction houses are um, are the, the the one place people can go these days where they can see a whole range of things and and um, and pick and choose whether they want to participate. So, so um, so we we I think we yeah, we used some of our technological technological advances to 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 help us get it, get us through it. We've got better at doing that. The industry has generally got better at doing it in very very short um, short order. Um, but I think also we 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 hope i think like all of us, we hope we can see a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel that means that maybe at some point in the no one's saying when, but we might be get back to people some people travelling for to to look at what's for sale and and um and uh, but although I think we're all all of us aware that that to return to the way we were just thirteen months ago isn't that's not likely to happen for a long long time with us all zipping around the world looking at things and um but all in all, I think we're, we're 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 delighted at how we've you know we've managed to navigate it, and the fact that our our buyers collectors have still come with us.
0: I think it's fascinating um, to hear that people feel confident buying art having not even seen it, yeah. and I wonder whether actually that might be part of the new normal in the art world. Do you think that will stay, or do you think people will revert back to? getting on planes and actually going to look at the art before they purchase it?
1: I think ultimately most people will, I think, because there is there is no, there's no um, substitute for that feeling of, of, of seeing work in the flesh. And sometimes it's, it's, it's exciting, sometimes it's a disappointment. It, but it really is that 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 um, physical, visceral feel of a, an object um, it still is is very important and, and it's 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 just on a sort of technical sort of inside baseball front it's very important for us in pricing it in establishing its value its likely value and marketing it properly to the marketplace to see a work in the flesh um because there are also sort of thing, you know, condition issues that can apply that you wouldn't necessarily know from looking at an image but but um so i think ultimately yes most people will but there are some i mean some may not Come back to, to 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 traveling and may now be yeah be satisfied with what they can what they see on their tablet their computer screen.
0: I'm Hannah Young and you're listening to Brits in the Big Apple. Today I'm joined by Connor Jordan, deputy chairman of the Impressionist and Modern Art Department at Christie's. Connor, I wanted to ask you about your professional journey and particularly as an accomplished professional you are. Uh, whether there was a particular mentor or a set of mentors who supported you along the way
1: yeah I think uh, yes I think um uh, I touched on it earlier but I talked about a very good professor at university who 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 sort of inculcated a love of art history in me and then and then I think probably the judge I worked for at the royal Court of justice who suggested an internship at Christie's was very important in my progress and and then there was a, a, a Dear colleague of mine here at Christie's, in, based in London, who was my sort of mentor for the first few years, um, who, from whom I learned a huge amount. So yeah, throughout my career there have been those important um, figures who have meant a lot to, to, to how I sort of yeah, got through it all. And, and um, um, I, who, who knows without their influence you know like they they're what if game but but um, without any one of those people i think we'd be in a very very different position
0: yeah i think particularly enthusiastic teachers early on in life yes. is so important isn't it
1: yes yes well can we do a cropper because i had a wonderful geography a level teacher miss lynch and because she was such a wonderful teacher i decided i wanted to study geography at university so i arrived at birmingham to study you know uh, um uh, straight on three years of geography and i got there and i realized i don't like it at all i only like miss lynch um, geography was well beyond my capabilities <laughs> it was far too sciencey for me so so um you know a great teacher can 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 lead you a cropper every once in a while and but, but fortunately, birmingham were very nice and let me change the history after a disastrous first year of geography
0: <laughs> that's fantastic so, um, and any advice to younger listeners who might aspire to follow in your footsteps but don't quite know how?
1: Gosh, um, I think uh, in terms of professional footsteps, uh, one one I think lovely feature of, of America is the is the intern culture that that companies, including ours, are very keen to take on um, college students, even even you know high school students to help um and do menial tasks and that that is that was my entree to to this world and and i think it's just it's it's an invaluable way of learning learning some of the ropes and seeing what it is and and finding out if you want to do it or not i mean it's for some i know you don't get here and they realize it's not really their cup of tea so so uh um that would be if if you if you feel like you've got an inkling of an interest do apply to um for an internship at, at an auction house and i always you know of course we face fierce there's fierce rivalry in the au- world of the auction houses but but um we all do a very similar job and i i would always recommend someone applies to all the auction houses that they fancy because um um the principle remains the same cultures might be slightly different but um um and then i i, I think it's it is another thing is it again it's your it, this is a very uh slanted towards the auction houses but if your interest is is art and objects just try and see as many shows as you can try and i mean look if you're in new york you're spoilt by having the greatest museums in the world as well here on your doorstep um with apologies to paris and london um so go to the museums but go and go to exhibitions it's 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 a great way of, of broadening your mind and and um um so yeah i think it is just that 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 People always stand out, stand out in my experience. The interns that I remember and you notice are those that have a little bit more, and um, sort of, uh, yeah, a little bit more baggage, a little bit more in a in a good way. Who can talk about the subject or are curious at least. You you don't expect someone to deliver you a, a package dissertation on a on a topic, but 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 someone who can talk about it, ask questions is 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 a great colleague, and that's and that's the surest way of getting ahead is is forming your little alliances within within your your field within your company and, and then beyond of course as you as you proceed that's
0: really great advice thank you and you're absolutely right we're um we're so spoiled here in new york aren't we for all of the richness of the galleries i took my daughter to the met the other week and yes. she's only seven but she turned around and said mommy how many painters are there in the world there are so <laughs> many paintings yes
1: right, you should warn her that she only comes to work for an auction house she'll find that there are about 100 times more than you'll see on the walls of the Met, some of whom aren't very good, <laughs> but they have markets. <laughs> so, and that was Fantastic. one of my revelations. I, I, when I when I arrived, I I, you know, I thought I knew quite a fair bit about art history. I realised I knew nothing. It was just it was, it was just the tip of the iceberg.
0: I have to ask you this. Uh, given your profession, what was your favourite artwork sale of all time? And why?
1: <laughs> Gosh. Um, uh, well, I, I mentioned it already, but I, I did enjoy the Rockefeller sale two, three years ago, uh, three years ago now, um, because it because it, it it was a big collection. It it was the and it was the single largest collection of paintings ever ever sold at, in, on blog. Um, uh, and because it represented a certain type of American collecting. I'm I, I'm 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 keen historian of um, collecting taste and and um, and. You know, that he and his wife only started relatively late in the in their after they married in the nineteen forties, and it was sort of a twenty year project. And they bought together, and they bought with with them um, you know, with sensitivity and a certain line of taste. So it was it was a great it was a great group to offer um and to have conversations with people and we'd extensively traveled it throughout the world and so to talk with people in Hong Kong and London and and, and Taipei and Tokyo and wherever Shanghai about about what was coming up and and telling a story there's a rounded story around the family of course the Rockefeller family Um, there's no shortage of things to talk about there but um that's 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 always it's it's a great thrill bringing um exciting important works of art to people's attention and 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 telling a story around it but then there are so many more you know of, of sometimes and ah, that's such a cliche but you know the smaller objects that 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 one picture that's owned by a family that 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 makes 10 times more than anyone's expecting that's a lovely tale too and and they can be they can be just as exciting as blockbuster sales of you know collections of 100 pictures um because it is it's it's a yeah it's a it's um it's a very worldly job it's a very worldly um um universe that of the art trade because a lot of money is involved and these are big transactions and, and um uh but there is there's a very nice human element to it too
0: i can see it must be really rewarding when you sell art to people who are so excited and enthusiastic about receiving it and
1: yes yes there is
0: Fantastic. and they don't,
1: they don't grumble too much about what they paid for it is the other thing some, some <laughs> do but but not all and as we always say to people, you always overpay for masterpieces.
0: <laughs> there we go.
1: There you go. Um,
0: any upcoming Christie's sales that we should keep our eyes out for?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, we have actually talking about collecting um, great collecting names. There's um, uh, Ford collection, Henry Ford Junior's um, Widow. Uh, it was actually London and London and American based. Um, we're selling her collection. Um, I think it's next week. We were just installing it downstairs, um, and this is this is mainly English furniture, and a, there's a great English clock in there, and um, and it, yeah, it's just that that that's one of the wonders of working here as well. You get to see things that this isn't my area at all, but you get to walk through the room and have knowledgeable colleagues tell you about a great 1830s clock, apparently better than the one in the Queen's collection. Um, that doesn't happen very often. Um, is downstairs to be viewed at Christie's. Um, uh, but we and we have our big, we're now working towards having just had our London sales this week, where we you may have seen we saw a Banksy for over 20 million dollars yesterday, and um, which has been sold to benefit the Southampton um hospital, um, and the NHS more largely. Um we're now working towards our May sales. So, traditionally in New York, the big Impressionist and contemporary sales are in May and November. So, we're we're yeah, we're beavering away on the May sales. We have a great Monet of London in the May sale, um painted in 1904 and and so yeah there'll be a lot more old goodies by the time we've finished doing our work.
0: Connor thank you so much for joining us on Brits in the Big Apple it's been an absolute pleasure hearing about your uh, career and your work at Christie's and we wish you all the very best thank you.
1: Thank you Hannah I've enjoyed it.
0: You're listening to Brits in the Big Apple brought to you by the British Consulate in New York. If you'd like to hear more about the work of the British Consulate, please follow us on Twitter or Instagram at UK in New York. Thank you for listening.